I want to start how we've been starting our series the past two weeks, and I want to start with a poll. I want to start with knowing how you're feeling right now in the room. So I'm going to put some stuff on the screen in just a second, and it's going to, I want to know if you're worried about it or if you're excited about it. And so the first one, baseball season is kicked off, and there's this hometown team that we call, that we like, the Braves, right? And so for the Braves, are we excited about the Braves, or are we worried about the Braves? Raise your hand if you're excited about the Braves, okay? Okay, more than I expected, because their, their record right now is not great. What, raise your hand if you're worried about the Braves. Yeah, okay, I'm impressed. You guys are not fair-weather fans. Okay, this next one. Um, Think back to if you're an, a parent of older kids of bring, going to the, um, the hospital and get, coming home with a tiny human, right? If you're like, or if you're right now in that season, you're about to be a new parent, about a new baby. Raise your hand if you were excited or you are excited about bringing home a new baby, okay? Some of you, if you remember that, so my, for me, it needs to go a while back. Raise your hand if you were worried during that time. Yeah, more people. For me, I couldn't keep anything alive. And so like I had goldfish and I had plants and I couldn't keep them alive. So I was like, when I got this thing handed to me, I'm like, I'm supposed to keep this tiny human alive. What do I do with this thing? They're all good. So we're safe there. Okay. This next one um, is, uh, let's see. This next one is going to be a little more challenging. It might damper the room, but retirement. Are you worried about retirement or excited about retirement? Worried after this past week? Are you worried? Okay. Excited? Okay. You're like, let's go cruising. I'm ready for Aruba. Get me out of this place. That's what it is. Okay, that's what, good, good focus. Don't worry about the market. All right. Um, now, this last one, it's probably on all our minds, and it's coming very soon. This is summer, okay? Raise your hand if you're worried about summer, all right? All the parents are like, what am I going to do with these people in all this time, all these children? And then raise your hand if you're excited about summer, okay? You, you all must be in education. All right. You're like, get me away from these crazy kids. Thank the Lord it's summer, right? Well, anyways, as I said those things, how are you feeling? What emotions welled up inside of you? That's what our series is kind of about, right? Like when I mentioned retirement or the market, you must have, some of you, if you saw the market the past couple weeks, you're like, don't talk to me about that. I'm going to choose to choose joy. I'm going to choose joy. It's going to come back up. They told me it's going to come back up. But what happens is when we focus on these emotions that come up like joy, excitement, but also worry, fear, disappointment, if we focus on it, it can ruin our lives because they go left unchecked. And it keeps us from stepping into the purpose, the promise, and the potential God has for us. And that's why we need to choose to refocus. In week one, we talked about the emotion of fear and how we need to refocus from fear to courage. And I was on top of a ladder looking down, and I, had, and I was so scared because of how high I was. And it wasn't until I refocused from the ground up to what I had to do, up to my heavenly father, that's when I gained the courage. And then last week, we talked about refocusing from disappointment to joy. See, we get disappointment when we start looking around, right? And we start comparing. And you know there's no win in comparison, but we do that. And that brings disappointment. The way we refocus is kind of what David said in Psalm. He said, in your presence, there is the fullness of joy. In God's presence, when we refocus off of what we're disappointed by and what we don't have, and we focus on him, we get joy. And so the bottom line for our whole series is essentially stop looking at what's in front of you, stop looking at what's below you, stop looking around you, and fix your eyes on what is actually unseen, which is God, the author and creator of our faith, the one who can hold us together, the one who can keep us moving forward. So today, I want to talk about an emotion that essentially 
really is the basis for all the emotions we face. It's what we focus on the most. And I believe all of us in this room deal with it on a constant basis. And it's the emotion of worry. It's the emotion of worry. And as soon as I said it, some of you are like, oh, yes, I worry about everything. Don't you? Like, I worry about so many things. I worry about what's going to happen in the future. Well, that's what the definition of worry is. Here's what it says. It's a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual or potential problems. See, when we worry, you create a physical and emotional reaction about something that has yet to occur. And when we don't know what's going to happen, our brain does what? It fills in the gaps, right? Do you ever go to the worst possible place, right? So for me, worry, it's constantly, and it comes out of nowhere. Like when I walk into breakfast and there's no bacon, I go, there's going to be no bacon left in the world ever in the future. And I go to this deep, dark place. Do you, that's how our brains can fill in the gaps, right? You can go into, I'm going to lose all my finances. I'm not going to have any, I'm, I'm going to lose my family. Like you go to this place and we spiral and we spiral and we spiral, right? Think about these past two years. Collectively, we have worried so much. I mean, that's why mental health is at an all-time high. We worried about, uh, should we wear a mask? Should we not? We worried about this virus. We worried about our kids. We worried about the divisiveness of the nation. And we all collectively experienced that. But when I said the word worry, I think you all went to a specific place, didn't you? Something you're currently worried on. When I think about when I, fo- when I focused on worry in the past, I go to the story of us moving here. So a couple years back, we had the decision uh, to work at Gwinnett Church, which is our sister church over in Sugar Hill. I started there before moving over here. And as I started thinking about it, I was like, what would happen if, I, if we moved up here? If we moved from Tampa to Georgia? Well, Buford is seven hours away. Oh, seven hours away. We'd, that means we'd be leaving everything we know. My kids would leave their friends. We would leave our friends. We would leave our community. We would leave all the amazing relationships we have and we'd step into the unknown. And then when we got up here, would my kids find friends? Would we find friends? What happens if this job is not a good fit and then I either quit or get fired and then I can't provide for my family and we have to live in a van down by the river? Like this is what goes on in my brain. I don't know if that's where you go, but that's where my brain goes. I spiral out of control because I don't have control of the future and I don't know what's happening. And see, worry is something that we all live with on a constant basis. And it's not necessarily only a bad thing. See, let me explain this. What you worry about most is actually what you value the most. What you worry about most is what you value the most. See, I valued my family being okay when we moved up here. That's why I was worrying about it. And I got to such a dark place. When you worry about your kid's safety, it's because you love your kids. When you worry about your health, it's because you value having energy and you value your body. When you worry about that interview, it's because you value your job or you value your career because maybe you've got to provide for someone or even provide for yourself. See, the problem, though, is not when you just worry for worry's sake. The problem is when you worry about the potential future and what could happen, the what ifs and the what could happens, and you start getting paralyzed because it's all you can focus on, even though there's a multiverse of possible possibilities that only God knows about the future, right? But we go to this place where we want to control the future and we want to figure out what the future is. And so we go to the, we wonder about these possible outcomes. Corey Ten Boom uh, is somebody I really respect. Uh, I don't know if you know about Corey Ten Boom. She uh, is truly the epitome of worrying because during the Nazi regime, during World War II, her and her family would hide Jews as the Nazis would come and take over. 
And it's estimated they saved over 800 lives by building this little part of their house, part, like this little addition to the back of their house. But every day, she, if you listen to her and you, um, if you read about her, she worried that the Gestapo would find out what they were doing and just come and, and put them in jail. And one, one time, it did. In fact, her whole family got put in jail. And in jail is where she watched her dad die and she watched her sister die. But then when she got out, this inspires me, she started a rehabilitation center for people who had been in concentration camps. So she knows a thing or two about worry. And here's what she says. She says this, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It only empties today of its strength. See, we think by worrying, we're going to fix tomorrow. But in the meantime, we're sapping today of its strength, the ability to move forward, the ability to do what we want to do, the ability to accomplish what God has called us to do. So you know what worrying does, right? It keeps you from being able to focus at work. It, you can't have a conversation because you're constantly worrying. You can't sleep. Oh my gosh, when I worry, it keeps me up at night. Uh, you're more irritable and you become, a, you become difficult. It becomes difficult to make decisions, right? When you're worrying, it's just the constant thing running in your mind and it is exhausting. And what that means is worry steals your peace, doesn't it? It steals our peace. Even Jesus, the son of God, explained the effects of worry. He says this, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? That's what we try and do though. We think worrying fixes the future. But ironically, it actually removes hours from your life. You see, worrying, what you worry about today can actually predict chronic illness that will happen in 10 years into the future. Research shows that overreacting, constantly worrying, and living in a state of perpetual anxiety, it actually reduces life expectancy. See, Jesus knew what worrying would do to us. So for the rest of our time, I want to talk about how do we refocus off our worry? How do we refocus from worry to peace. How do we go to a place where we can have peace? And to do that, I want to look at the Apostle Paul and something he said in his letter to the Philippians. And we've talked a lot about Apostle Paul, right? He's this guy who was so worried that people would stop living according to the Jewish law, to this law that he believed was so much part of our life that he would persecute people who weren't following it. And then one day he hears about this thing called the way, this movement that's happening. Essentially, it's Christians, followers of Jesus. And so, he, and so he starts persecuting them and killing them because he said, you are corrupting the Jewish law. And then he hears about a gathering happening in Damascus. So he starts um, walking towards Damascus. And while on this road, he has an encounter with Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah, the anointed one, the king. And you know what Jesus tells him? He says, listen, stop worrying about the Old, Test Old Covenant. Stop worrying about that. I've come and given a new covenant. And so I want you to worry more about what I worry about. And that all people will know about the gospel, the good news, that I died and came back to life so you can have a relationship with your heavenly father, a, life full of, uh, a, a, life, a full life free from worry and full of peace, a life free from anxiety and full of joy. That's what Paul started doing. And he started proclaiming the good news everywhere he went. He flipped the script, right? He was worried about the Old Testament law and persecuting to telling people about this Jesus. And so here's what he writes about worry. He says, don't worry about anything. What? Really, Paul? Don't worry about anything? Okay, Paul, when I read this, I said, Paul, you don't know me. 
You don't know about my life. You don't know what's going on. You don't know about these bills I have to pay. How am I supposed to not worry about that? You don't know about this problem at work that I have to solve. Paul, I'm so worried that I'm not going to be able to get everything done that I need to get done. How can you tell me don't worry about anything? This is ridiculous. See, what's interesting, though, is Paul wasn't just saying this out of no uh, examples, out of nothing from his life. He was writing this while in a Roman prison. He was there writing this. And it's, what's amazing is if you read the whole letter to the church in Philippi, it's such a letter full of encouragement and joy. If you ever need that and need to know that God is for you, read all four chapters. Even this ADD boy can read it in one day. Like you can do it. It's so worth it. You need to go do it. And so he's writing while he's probably worrying if he's ever going to get out of jail or if he's going to make it alive out of jail because he was the one they were persecuting now because of his faith. And so even though this is so ridiculous, Paul actually gives us a solution. Here's the problem. I didn't want to tell you this. I actually didn't want to do this message because the solution, if you're not a follower of Jesus in this room, you're probably look, you're probably about to hear the solution and be like, yeah, that's what I thought you'd say. The church, it makes everything too simple and it doesn't really acknowledge real problems in the real world. And this solution that Paul gives us, it is so simple. But before you start checking your email, let me unpack the simplicity of what it entails for us. Here's what he says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, any little thing. Instead, pray about every single thing. See, the reason Paul puts it this way is Paul knows that we like to hold on to things, right? He knows that we like to grasp and not like to release things. We as humans like to fix things. We like to be and control. And that's what we think about for the future is we try and hold and have control. And then we think about it and we think about it and we worry ourselves sick, don't we? And what Paul is saying, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. He's saying right now, don't wait, don't hold on to it. Do it right now. What should you pray about? Everything. That part also rubs me the wrong way. See, Paul's speaking in absolutes. And for me, I learned in premarital counseling, you should never speak in absolutes, right? You shouldn't say things like you always, you never. But the reason Paul is doing that It's because he's trying to drive the point home. He's trying to tell us, listen, I know you're human. I know you're naturally bent towards worrying, but you need to pray always and always pray for everything that you're worried about. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything because we want to be in control. And when we want to be in control, you know what we do, right? We hold on to it and we want control. And you might be saying here, I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my spouse and I'm worried about my psycho relatives who I've got to go on vacation with, right? And you're so worried about that. And what Paul is saying is give it to the Lord. Give your psycho relatives to the Lord. He's saying to pray about it, right? That's exactly what he's saying. I know it's cheesy, but that, we, that causes so much anxiety. Here's what I want to do. I want to take, put a pin in it, pause what Paul's saying, and I'm going to flip over to Peter. And I love when scripture confirms scripture. And what Peter's saying is very similar to what Paul's saying, but he gives us the way to pray about it. He explains how fast we should throw this off, how fast we should pray about everything and don't worry about anything. And see, the apostle Peter knows a little about about worry as well. If you remember, when Jesus came back and right before he left again, he told Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. And he's saying, on your shoulders, Peter, I will build this church. 
nope. I didn't, if I heard that, I'm like, I'm out. That's a lot of pressure. Drip, 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 right? I don't want to deal with all that pressure. It's going to make it pop and it ain't going to stop. It's like, I don't want to do that. So I can imagine what Peter was feeling. But yet, here's what he says. He says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast everything you worry about on him. Why? Because he cares for you. And the word cast means to throw off. And it means as soon as possible. Um, it kind of makes me think of a spider crawling up your arm. If you ever see something crawling up your arm, what do you do? Like, oh, get it off like a roach or something like that, right? You throw it off as soon as possible, right? But see, what, and what Peter's saying, you've got to do it like that. But us, we're human, man. We like to hold on to things and do it and keep it as long as possible. And we keep holding it and holding it and holding it. And when we finally get to our wit's end, that's when we say, God, take this. And he doesn't. Why? Because when we say, God, take this, our hands are still closed. And God doesn't work like that. He doesn't force you to do anything you don't want to do. You're not a robot. You have a mind. And it's a relationship with God, not a dictatorship, right? He doesn't make you do anything. Back to the spider thing. This is essentially what we're saying when we hold on to it. And no one does this, but this is what happens. Oh, look, a spider's crawling up my arm. Oh, I'm not going to worry about it. Um, I'm a little worried about it, actually. But I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to flick it off until it actually bites me, which might cause a reaction or cause me a lot of pain. Flick. No one does that. But that's what it looks like when we're holding on to our worry and not releasing it to God. And I know this about you. This isn't how you want to live, is it? You don't want to be someone who's stressed out, closed-fisted, holding on to it, heavy-hearted. We want to be people of peace. We want to be people with peace, don't we? All of us, we all have this friend. Uh, most of us in this room, I would say, would have this kind of friend that drives us nuts. It's this friend that when we say we're dealing with a big decision or we don't know what to do in, about something or we're stressed or we can't find our keys even, they say the same thing every single time. They say this, have you prayed about it? You're laughing because you know it's true. We all have that friend and it drives you nuts. You're like, oh, I know you're right. But they say, have you prayed about it? Here's the crazy thing. You know why they drive you nuts, right? They're the most peaceful person you know. Think about that. They do what Paul is saying. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. They do what Peter is saying. Cast it off. Throw it off as soon as possible. Pray about it immediately. So if you're worried about your kids, pray about it. Your marriage, pray about it. You're worried about your job, pray about it. You're worried about that big decision you need to make at work. Pray about it. You're worried about that voicemail the doctor just left. Pray about it. You're worried about paying for school. Pray about it. You're worried about going to the operating table. Pray about it. You're worried about the direction your life is going. Pray about it. I know. It's that simple. I, trust me. I believe you. You're like, it can't be that simple. It is. See, when you start praying about something, it releases the anxiety off of your shoulders and onto God's shoulders, Right? Now, you might be sitting there and be like, I don't know about this prayer thing. This is kind of weird. I don't know how to pray. I'm scared about doing it. I'm worried about doing it. I'm, am I even worthy to pray? Does God even hear me? Is he even listening? So Paul, back to Paul, he kind of explains what it looks like to pray. And he says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And here's what he says. Tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. That's easy. We all know how to do that, right? We know how to tell people what we need. Like for me, when I go to Chick-fil-A 
and I sit down and eat my pre-blessed food and I run out of Chick-fil-A sauce, I walk up to the counter and say, can I have some more Chick-fil-A sauce? They hand it to me and I say, thank you. And they say, my pleasure, right? My point is, you know how to do that. You'll walk up to somebody and tell them what you need. You don't have a relationship with them. You don't even know their name half the time. That's what Paul is telling us of how we can go to God is we walk up to him and say, and tell God what we need. We go to him just like that. And then we thank him for all he's done. This is key. You notice it says, thank him for all he's done. It creates this attitude of gratitude when you start thanking the Lord for what he's done in your past. And that reminds you of what he will do it again in the future, right? And that's something we forget. And that's why he says, thank him for what you've done. Because when you do that, you do what David says in Psalm. He says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you start thanking God and developing this attitude of gratitude, you start delighting yourself in the Lord and who he is and what he's done for you. And then he doesn't solve all your problems. He doesn't fix everything, but he gives you the desires of your heart. And what's the desire of your heart when you worry? Peace. Isn't that what we all want right now? More peace. And then he says this in Philippians, uh, Philippians 4, he continues on. Then you will experience God's peace. There's the promise. This reminds me of a story of one of my kids when they were little. One of my little kids, he would always worry. Like he was a, I would call him a worry ward. I'm like, bro, just chill out. He keeps worrying about the future, about everything that's gonna happen. He's constantly asking, what time are we leaving? What time are we getting back? What's gonna happen there? Who's gonna be there? And I'm like, dude, you're little. You don't have to worry. That's an adult problem. Stop it. So one day he gets a cut on his finger and it starts bleeding. And I'm like, oh gosh, he's gonna freak out. Don't, hey, hey, don't worry. Let me go get a Band-Aid. And he goes, dad, wait, wait, wait. Before you get a Band-Aid, can we pray about it? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, proud dad moment, right? His first response was prayer. <laughs> My first response was a Band-Aid. That's what Paul is trying to tell us. Pray about everything, then you'll experience God's peace because you've told him what you need and you'll thank him for what he's done. My son's first response was prayer. Many times our last resort is prayer. And when we're at our wits end, when we're done is when we finally go to God. The next morning, he runs into our room while we're still sleeping. And he's like, dad, 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 look, 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 God healed my finger. And I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome, right? He's got a scab. It's gone. I couldn't believe it. He's like, I told you so, dad. I'm like, here I am, my kid teaching me faith, right? Sometimes that'll happen. When you tell God what you need and thank him and pray about it, sometimes he will remove the worry and solve your problem for you. But sometimes he won't. And instead, instead you'll still get God's peace. Even when it doesn't happen, it'll, you'll still receive God's peace. You know why? Because it's a peace that exceeds anything we can understand. It's a supernatural peace. It's this peace that goes beyond all understanding. Something that will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. See, when you tell him what you need and you thank him for what he's done, you know what he does, right? He guards you from future worries, from future anxiety. Not like he'll remove it, but when it happens, you'll go to him immediately. Because of Jesus, you can bring that to God immediately. You can cast it off your shoulders and onto his shoulders, and he can handle it. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've been praying. Look, I've tried this, Raul. I've been doing my best to do this, and it's not actually getting better. Well, let me ask you this. Have you truly released it to God? Because so many times when we pray, 
We say, God, take it. Or we say, God, I want a specific outcome. I have a specific expectation. And until that outcome or until that expectation happens, I'm not going to feel peace. You know what that does, right? That's not putting your faith in God. That's putting your faith in your prayer. That's putting your faith in an outcome instead of trusting the God of outcomes. Instead of trusting God with your future and your expectations, you're trusting that he'll be a genie and do for you what you want to do. But when we do this, we trust that his plan is better for us, that he knows what's best for us. But we're human. We're like, no, I'm not going to let go until I get my outcome. But God is saying, release it to me. And that the reward is me. The reward is peace because you have me. Back to my story of moving here. I'm on my knees and I'm so worried. I'm crying. I don't know what to do. And then I'm reminded of what Peter said. He said, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So I do it. I go, okay, God, fine. Take it. It's yours. It's off my shoulders. It's now on mine. And I stand up and my worry's still there. I don't have an answer to my prayer. But then I made the decision. We made the decision to come here. And I felt peace. Do you notice the difference? Too many, I could have easily been stuck in this mode and not move forward. And that's what happens to us. But instead, I said, God, I trust you with my future. And I'm gonna pray about the things and surrender the what could happens to you. And I'm gonna trust you more than what I want, what the outcome is, what my answer is, what I desire. I trust you. And that's what God wants us to do. He just wants us to release it to him. Unlike my dog, which drives me nuts. My dog, I, she brings me a toy and doesn't let it go. And I'm like, I want to throw it. I want to play with you. If she would just let go, she would experience the fun we could have. If we would just let go, we would experience the peace we want. Wouldn't we? So let me give you some steps. Let me give you some ways to practically apply this to your life every single day. So here's what you need to do. Step one, open your hands and stop and breathe. <sighs> kind of resets your brain. Kind of makes you name the worry that you're focusing on, right? You really focus on it. <sighs> and then tell God what you need. God, I'm so worried about that MRI on Tuesday. God, I'm sorry about my kids going to college. God, I'm so worried I'm not going to pass the test. God, I'm so worried about my finances right now. God, I'm so worried about that diagnosis. I'm so worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. I give this to you. And I put this on your shoulders. I cast this on you. And then thank him. Thank you, God, for what you've done in the past. How you've given me peace in the past. How you said, you've always, that you said you'll always take care of me. And then thank you that I can talk to you and give this to you. This next step is actually the hardest. And then listen and receive. Just listen and receive. It's being still. It's a posture. It's telling God, I'm humbling myself and receiving whatever you want to give to me. And then this next step. A lot of times we just do those four parts and we miss this last one. This next one, take a step. Don't sit there. Don't be stuck. Take a step of faith, even though you don't know what the future holds. And go in faith. Back to Corey Tinboom. Boom. She puts it this way. 
Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. It's so easy to worry, to wonder, to hope, and to to just drive ourselves crazy to something unknown. But instead, we know God and he knows us. We can trust our future to him. And listen, when you do this, it doesn't have to be in a dark, quiet room. Maybe it's in your office before you're about to step into a conversation with a vendor that drives you crazy. Maybe it's in the car. If you're driving, keep your eyes open, please. Like, just know that. Maybe it's while your kids are wrestling each other or fighting each other. Maybe it's at work and you're just so stressed out. Or it's even when your pets are running circles around you. You can do this at any time. And also, you don't have to do this by yourself. Listen, God never meant for us to be sitting in certain rows all our whole life. We're supposed to live in community. And so we can pray for each other. And here's the cool thing. When you pray for each other and you cast their anxiety on God, you help them do that, it helps you become more peaceful. It creates a calmer heart. It, gives, it helps your anxiety have a place to go because you're praying about it and other people are praying about it. And you know, people are walking alongside of you. And so when you do this, when you don't worry about anything and you pray about everything and you tell God what you need and you thank him, then you'll experience peace. But not the peace that'll make you feel better. I mean, it does do that. It does help that it does that. It's greater than that. It'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus from future anxiety. It'll help you keep moving forward when that wells up inside of you. But you know what? Paul ends his thought with something even greater than that. Here's what he says. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. So everything I've told you, right? Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Then the God of peace will be with you. Then your heavenly father, the creator of the universe will be with you. See, if you're a follower of Jesus, we have his Holy Spirit living inside of us. God is not distant. He is right here with us every single day, every single moment, walking with us, wanting to loan us his strength so we can have the peace to keep going forward. You see, he will see you through. You'll never be alone in your anxiety and your worry and your fear and your disappointment. He will see you through. You'll never be alone in your darkest thoughts. You know why? Because our God is a deliverer. When you don't know what to do, he will see you through. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And the God of peace will be with you wherever you go. So the band's gonna come and play a song. And I want us to be people who leave this place with peace. And if you remember at the top, I said, what you worry about most is what you value the most. But what you worry about the most is also where you trust God the least. So what are you holding on to right now? What's your focus that you just can't seem to let go? that you just don't want to give to him or you're saying, take it from me. And instead, let's do the things we just talked about. Let's stop and breathe. (sighs) Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Listen and receive. And then let's take a step.